What's up? Hope you guys are having a great day today and welcome back to the Matthew Spazzitti program where we talk about financial freedom and economics. If you guys are new to the show, basically what that means is, you know, when we talk about financial freedom, you know, financial freedom encompasses a lot of different things. But for the most part, what it means, at least to me in in the show, is controlling the source of your income. And there's a whole ton of ways on how you can do that. Whether it's, you know, owning a product that you sell, owning a service that you sell, maybe becoming a trader and automating your trading strategy, whatever it is, there's a lot of ways in which you can become financially free and control the source of your income. But the point is, is that we can't really become truly free unless we control that income. If somebody else controls the income and you work for a business or somebody else, then ultimately you're not really free. You are dependent on the business. And as we're seeing today, that isn't always a good thing. I mean, how many people today have jobs that they they really just do not like? How many people work for a boss that they hate or for a company that they disagree with how the company is operating and how the company is doing things. You know, this kind of stuff happens all the time. You hear about it all the time. And yet most people just suck it up and continue to work for the company. Maybe they'll look for another job, but you know, that's only a good idea in the event that they're that the economy is good and you can get another job. But in an economy like we have today, which we're probably going to be in for quite some time, you know, companies are not going to be looking to hire for a lot of different types of jobs. You know, jobs just aren't as plentiful as they used to be. So when we talk about controlling the source of our of our income, we're talking about controlling the product or service that we sell to other people. Generally speaking, you want to do this online so that you can achieve mobile income, but this is how you become free. You don't become free by voting in elections, electing politicians, getting them to enact different regulations. You don't become free that way. You never become free that way. You become free by controlling the source of your income so that no matter what happens, you control your destiny. Okay. If you control the source of your income, you can get up and you can leave. You can move to another country if you want to. If you control the source of your income, you can make as there's no cap on the limit of how much money you can make. You can make as much money as you want. You become a millionaire, billionaire, whatever. You can make a ton of money and then you can become the rich and the wealthy that ends up influencing the outcome of the direction in which the country goes. You can pay the politicians to enact different regulations, but you're not going to do it by voting. Voting is just really more of an illusion of freedom, an illusion of choice, and it doesn't. It, it, it really is not going to get you anywhere. And the other side to all of that is economics. 
So this is the other reason why we talk about economics here on the show is because, you know, economics is the study of praxeology. At least I'm a huge Austrian economic enthusiast, so I subscribe to the Austrian School of Economics. There are many different schools of economic thought that exist out there. I subscribe to the Austrian School of Economics. And Ludwig von Mises, who is very much one of, uh, one of the economists who very much popularized and really saved the Austrian school of economics from kind of dying out. And in, he created this whole study called praxeology, which is the study of human action. But this isn't psychology, you, you understand. This is studying why humans act, given the incentives that they have, why do they make decisions? and things of that nature. And if you incentivize people to behave in a particular way, are they going to behave in that way? And so on and so forth. So this is an excellent school of economic thought. And one of the reasons we talk about economics is because we need to understand why things happen in the economy, why people do things politically. You know, these riots are going around. Well, what, what can we look to in economics to explain what is actually happening when it comes to the riots. What are the incentives that are being given to cause people to behave this way? And so on and so forth. So, but but even more so than that, you know, it doesn't just, I, I use that as an example because it, I want you to understand it doesn't just apply to, you know, economics. It doesn't just apply to, say, the stock market or job, the unemployment rate and, you know, job loss rate or whatever. It doesn't, it doesn't simply just apply to financial oriented or economic oriented things. It also applies to why humans do what they do, why we react, how we react and things of that nature. So, and I believe that this is paramount to understanding the world that we live in. And if you don't really have an understanding of economics, then I feel that personally you're going to really, really, really struggle. That's why I think that economics is the other side of that coin. First, we need to become financially free by controlling the source of our income. And then second, we need to understand the world around us through economics. And we can, and that that's the basis of the show. This is what we believe in this here. And this is what I try to, you know, drill into your head every single day that, that I come in and, and do the show. I mean, this is what the whole purpose of the show is about is to, because I believe that this is how we become truly free. That said though, I wanted to welcome you to the show and we're going to go ahead and just, you know, jump right into the topic today. So today, you know, I wanted to talk about a situation that I was, um, that I had, uh, not last week, but the week before last. And you know, I was on Facebook and I, I don't know why and what possessed me to be on Facebook, but I was on Facebook and I mean, Facebook, for those of you guys who don't know, for, for me, at least I view social media in general as being a toxic wasteland. I view it as having a toxic community. And I feel like, and no, not just because of all the, 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 the protests and the riots and the cancel economy that we have today, or the cancel, not, not really the cancel economy, but the, the, the cancel culture that we have today, you know, although that, that the cancel culture is part of it, but the cancel culture has been around long before the protests and the riots happened this year. Um, you know, in reality, one of the reasons I don't like it is I feel like it's, it's a breeding ground for dissent and just uh, argument arguments and just ultimately 
people getting very angry with each other, people fighting over things, you know, uh, social media, instead of it becoming a way for family members and friends to keep in touch with each other, which is what its original purpose was intended for, it has devolved into an argument platform about politics. And it's become so vile and so just, I I hate it. I'll be honest, I absolutely hate it. I hate it when people get on social media and voice their opinion about X, Y, and Z, about why they think something happens. Now, granted, on the one hand, I like it because it allows you to grow an audience. You can post your content on there, and and there are a lot of people on there, and I, I do absolutely love that fact. I just don't like how people get so angry and vitriolic against each other, and they just become so vicious over politics and things of that nature and instead of uniting you know we have these ideologies that are so strong and so passionate that people just fight to the death almost so much so that it it ends up losing causing people to lose their jobs it can end up causing them to get deplatformed and kicked from the platform altogether and it's just a vicious and a toxic place to be so I don't Outside of using it for business, outside of using it to spread my message, I don't ever get on social media at all. The only kind of platform that I, and I don't know if I would call it social media, I guess you could, I guess I suppose it is a social media platform, is uh, YouTube. The only one that I ever really did much with was YouTube, but that was largely because I like to watch car reviews. If I was into a video game, I'd like to watch how you play the video game, how you get good at it. If I was into, you know, certain technologies, I know that I like to to research the latest and greatest tech out there, the latest and greatest phones, you know, the technology behind Tesla vehicles or solar panels or just, you know, technology behind a whole host of things, nuclear power plants. Yeah, I, I researched a ton of stuff all the time. It was a it was a place where there was a wealth of knowledge. If you wanted to learn how to do anything, YouTube was one of the best places to go and you could go there for free you know when um being that i'm a really really into forex trading i would go there and i would find akil stokes and jason graystone's youtube channel and i would watch them trade and teach their lessons on uh trading and technical analysis and things of this nature i mean youtube is is the bulk of where i get a lot of my information from with regards to my education or at least it used to be i have to block it now because when i'm working on my business i get so distracted with youtube that i don't get anything done so it's a huge time suck for me even though it's it's positive you know i'm learning things sometimes i'm not learning anything that's really going to help me in my business like uh, uh, watching a car review on the new toyota supra i mean i love that that's a really great looking car it's really cool but i'm sorry watching a car review on the toyota supra unless i'm doing a car review show on youtube is not very helpful to achieving my goals. So I, unfortunately I had to block it, but there is a wealth of knowledge that that's out there and it's all for free. And I love it. Um, that said though, I try to avoid uh, social media as much as I possibly can, uh, except for like business and stuff. And I wouldn't be on social media at all if it wasn't for business oriented stuff. If it wasn't for growing my, my, uh, you know, my business and, and growing my brand and stuff, my personal brand and stuff like that. If it wasn't for doing that, I don't think I'd be on there at all, but I was on there and clear and I was surfing the web and I was surfing Facebook 
and I was reading a whole bunch of stuff about all these protests and riots going on and how people are arguing and how this person says they support the police and how this person says, oh, well, then you must be a racist. And it just this person says, well, you peacefully protest with Martin Luther King style. And then this person says, well, you white people killed Martin Luther King. And it's like, so don't even use him. So shut up. And it's like, oh, my gosh. Man, I mean, I was a glutton for punishment that night. I don't know what was going on in my head, but I must have been a glutton for punishment. Man, it was just so bad. So many people arguing. So many people fighting. And, you know, I think the real sickness of America really comes out in social media. I I really do. The real division that exists comes out in social media and and the hatred that people really have for each other or the hatred that people have for other people's ideas and ideologies really comes out in social media because I guess there's a false sense of anonymity to some extent. Some people do create fake accounts or at least accounts that don't show their face or don't show their real name. And then they go off and spew garbage all over the place. And this happens regardless of what political side of the spectrum you are on. But I mean, in the end, I was reading a very, very interesting thing from a buddy of mine or, well, not really a buddy of mine. It's someone I knew back in the day. I mean, more, not even an acquaintance at this point. I mean, never talk, haven't talked to him anyways, but I was saying that, and he wasn't the only one, but there were some people out there that believe that it's okay. And they were saying that it's okay for rioters to destroy businesses and private property because those businesses have insurance to cover it. They have insurance that can rebuild their businesses. They have insurance that can cover and replace those products that are on the shelf. So it's okay for rioters to do this because those businesses have insurance. You know, they're rich and wealthy. They're fine. They'll be able to to make it work. And besides, it's about racism, right? So that's a good thing. So it's justified. It's fine. Who cares? Just the It's just the rich, wealthy people. No one gives a rip. And I just thought that this was such a immature and stupid idea. The way I like to to classify it is it's an ignorant child's perspective. It really is. It is an ignorant child's perspective on the situation. Well, they have insurance. You got money. You can cover it, right? So you're perfectly fine. Yeah, okay. Why don't you wait for your house to burn down? Let's say that a rioter comes and burns your home down burns your cars, your family barely gets out alive, for whatever reason the rioter spared your life, and you got out and your entire life just went up in flames, what if someone was to come up to you right then and there and tell you, well, you got insurance to cover it, right? Oh, well, then you're fine. You got insurance to cover it. You're, you're, you're cool. You, you had your cars and your house insured, didn't you? Uh, seriously? What kind of a horrible person would come up and say that kind of thing? Seriously, what kind of a terrible person would come up and tell someone who has just watched their life go up in flames, tell that person that well, you, you're covered, right? Okay, well, you got insurance. You're fine. Who cares? Deal with it. Stop being a crybaby type of thing. Now, granted, I know that that isn't exactly the same because there's no cause behind the fire. Well, let's assume that there was. Let's assume that the person who burnt your house down, let's assume you said something that they felt justified it because they felt that you were racist. They hate racists. They're classifying you and accusing you of being a Nazi. They come to your house. They burn your house down. They let you live and your family live, but they burn your house down to teach you a lesson, right? And they say it's justified because you're a Nazi and you're a racist. And then people come up to you and then they say that, you know, well, you have insurance. Well, you're fine. Okay. It's a terrible thing to say. It's a hor- That's a horrible person who comes up and says that to somebody. 
If anything, they need to come up and say, dude, I'm so sorry. You know, how can I help you? Right. How can I help? But instead to go up to them and say that just to say that is, is, is just ignorance and stupidity and just vicious and mean. And yet it's, it's interesting because people understand it when it's that kind of a situation, right? When it's about your house going up in flames because of an, because you disagreed with a very aggressive ideology. However, how is it that there's a disconnect between that and people's businesses? It's the same thing. It's the exact same thing. When you say that those businesses are fine, you have no idea if they're fine. Okay? There's a lot of things that go into this that you're unaware of. I mean, not every business has insurance. Not not every insurance policy, not every insurance company covers riots. In fact, a lot of them don't cover riots. If damage is done because of riots, it has to come out of their own pockets. Not every insurance company covers riots, guys. Okay? And even if their insurance plan covers the destruction that occurred due to violence, it will more than likely raise their premiums. You're not thinking when you're saying that it's okay because they're rich and they're wealthy and they've got the money. How do you know that? Do you have a crystal ball? Do you know these business owners personally? Or are you making assumptions? You are making assumptions. You don't know that for sure. What about those boutique stores in those downtown areas that have the cute little boutique stores that have clothing or maybe they've got some kind of a, you know, food, maybe it's a, a small coffee shop. You know, what about them? Do you think they've got insurance to cover stuff? You know, it's just a mom and pop shop. It's owned by a family. Do you think they have insurance? Do you think their insurance coverage covers rioting? What about, um, let's see, this is another example here. You know, do, do you think they have savings to cover this? What about franchisees owners? Like, what about franchises? A lot of people think that a franchise is big, r- rich, and wealthy. But they don't understand how franchises actually work. Like, let's say a McDonald's got sacked in a, da- in a city downtown Chicago or whatever. Let's say it got sacked, right? Got broken into and everything is is just trashed. You know, all the product is gone. All the food is gone. Everything is gone. Copper wiring is gone because that's always a very, very fun thing to uh, uh, steal apparently. You know, I mean, in all honesty, it's not uncommon to see people strip copper wiring because you can go to the junkyards and you can get a decent amount of, of... you know, uh, pocket change for it. You get a decent amount of money for it. I know this for a fact because when I worked in inventory for a pool company, I worked with a lot of ex-convicts. Yeah, this was a job that I could get out of college. This is what your business administration degree is going to uh, let you do is, uh, you know, effectively work in an, uh, a warehouse with ex-convicts. At least that was what my experience was. Right, I I was unable to get a a nice cushy corporate job, and I it wasn't for lack of trying. I just having a degree wasn't valuable to them. Heck, I was even willing to go and get paid for like a an internship, even a non paid internship, if it meant getting out of the warehouse. And I just I tried and tried and tried, but I was unable to get anywhere. 
the only type of places that were willing to consider taking me were places that were like, say, sales oriented positions in like financial places like a fidelity and stuff. But even then they had personality tests. They had um, education tests with regards to mathematics and things of that nature. And every single time I tested for those, or at least I started the testing process, I always decided against it because it wasn't what I wanted to do. I don't want to sell people, you know, some financial firms investment products, because here's the thing, when you actually get into those, they don't let you just sell whatever you want. You know, they don't let you sell stocks. They don't let you sell, you know, bonds or, or futures or Forex. They don't let you sell that kind of stuff. When you're in that position, and I know we're kind of getting off topic, but when you're in that position, they only let you sell whatever is on their list. And nine times out of 10, it's some kind of exchange traded fund. It's some, some kind of mutual fund that they have some deal with, with another investment firm or that they own themselves. And in the end, how do you even know that any of that stuff is any good? For me, I disagreed with a lot of that stuff. So I ended up turning down the even, even the opportunity to try because I didn't want to be a part of that. I didn't want to sell someone crap that I didn't feel like they should be in in the first place. And I have nothing against um, ETFs, exchange-traded funds. I do have a lot against mutual funds, but, you know, I just... They're not liquid. You can't get in and out of them, and they come with higher fees than ETFs. ETFs are, are lower fees, but you can at least trade them like a stock. You can get in and out of them. They're very liquid. When the economy is good or when the markets are good and positive and there's a lot of sellers on the other end, or I, I guess I should say buyers, um, you can get out of the ETF as long as volume is high and it's a very liquid financial product that you can get in and out of. And it does offer some diversification qualities when it comes to the stocks and paper assets. Granted, it's only one asset type, um, but it does offer some diversification inside of that one asset type. Granted, I would say you're not diversified if you're only diversified in one asset type, which is paper assets. That could be anything from stocks, bonds, uh, futures, contracts, things of that nature. Um, You're only in you know, one type of asset class. And even if you're diversified in it, you're not really diversified, right? Diversification, it talks more than just about, you know, stocks and bonds, you know, but but that's another story for another time. And again, we're getting on a rant, but you know, drawing everything back to the point, drawing everything back. Okay. That a point that I'm trying to make is that not every business has insurance. that's going to cover it. A lot of times, you know, we were talking about franchisees before I got on that rant. Franchisees are small business owners. Sure, the McDonald's may have a situation where it does own business stores. And if it do, if that store is owned by the business of McDonald's, then okay, I can see an argument that, you know, hey, they've got a lot of money. They're a big corporation. They'll be fine, right? That's a still a stupid argument to have. It's a very stupid argument to have. Because even if it's a big corporation, that big corporation employs thousands upon thousands of people. In, in a lot of cases, tens of thousands of people. And if they've got to spend extra money or they got to pay higher premiums to fix a store, which is probably going to be millions of dollars to do, well, what does that mean for the employees? Does that mean they have to lay off some employees because times are tough and no one's buying their burgers because people are afraid of COVID-19? You know, now that one, that one store that got destroyed is not, (laughs) it isn't a positive thing. It actually resulted in people's losing their jobs. Now, granted, I know that's an extreme example, 
But just because it's a big corporation that owns the store doesn't mean that it's a pot that they'll be able to cover it and they're fine. They've got an unlimited amount of money. And this is one of the things that really annoys me about the left and, and sometimes even the right when we're talking about political spectrums and stuff like that, when we're talking about this, it, it annoys me so much. They think that money grows on trees. They think that rich and wealthy people are quite literally, you know, have unlimited resources and unlimited amount of money. You do realize that the vast majority of people who have that kind of money, that it's virtually unlimited, they are people that you are not going to see. Like that kind of money is, you're not even going to, you may not even know that that person has that kind of money. Generally speaking, the bulk of the rich and wealthy people that you see driving around nice fancy cars and stuff like that, they're wealthy, but they're not wealthy to the point where their, their money is unlimited. Okay. The fact remains is that just because it's a big corporation doesn't mean it has an unlimited amount of cash to draw from. Like I said, a lot of insurance plans don't even cover riots. Any damage that's done because of riots, they don't even cover. So don't say that insurance will cover it. Don't say that freaking, you know, a big company, that they're, they're rich and wealthy, they'll be fine. Riots are wrong. Hands down. They're simply just wrong. I mean, I don't care what you're talking about. I don't care what the reason for the riot is. Whether it's authoritarian against an authoritarian regime, what justification, what good are you doing for your cause to go out and destroy your local community all because you're pissed that your life is not the way that you want it to be? All because you're pissed that your nation isn't run the way that you think it should be run. Let's assume you're justified in that, okay? So let's assume it's, it was it had nothing to do with racism, Okay. Let's assume that it had something to do with uh, st something that both the left and the right could both agree on. Which, by the way, I think the left and the right both agree that, that racism is wrong and yes, it exists. And yes, we really don't want it to exist and we want to work to get rid of it. I'm sure that everyone agrees with that point. The problem is, is that what some define as racism is not what others define as racism. There's a definition problem going on here. And that's a completely different topic for another time. And, but, you know... The fact remains, though, what if it was like a, a, a communistic, fascist, you know, or, well, communist and fascist are two completely different things. Let, let's say it's a fascist, okay? Uh, let's say it's a fascist authoritarian government that is oppressing anyone who speaks out against them, and they are corrupt, and they are just wrecking life for every single person. It doesn't matter what political spectrum you're on, you hate them, the vast majority of people hate them, and you want to riot because you feel like you have nothing else that you can really do. Okay, let's assume that's the thought process. Does that make rioting right? No. Does it make it justified? Absolutely not. Because rioting destroys the local community. Does that hurt the fascist government in any which way, shape, or form? No, it doesn't. Doesn't hurt anybody. Doesn't hurt the government. It doesn't hurt the ruling elites in the fascist government. Doesn't hurt any of the, the authoritarians. It only hurts the very people that are marching with you. It only hurts your local community. It only hurts your cause. See, no one's going to get behind you if you're going to be rioting. No one's going to give one iota about you. If you are destroying private property, because in the end, those who are engaging in this have nothing to do with whatever cause they say they're doing it for. They just want to riot. They, they're vicious people. They are, they have this vitriolic hatred for the world. They want to see it 
burn. Maybe they have an ideology of like a socialist utopian society or, or a communist utopian society and they are willing to see anything capitalistic burn to the ground. And they want to see the world burn. There is no excuse for rioting. Now, again, I want to make a distinction. Rioting is not protesting. I have nothing wrong. I have nothing against peaceful protesting. But rioting is totally different. Rioting and destroying your local community has nothing to do with with a cause. I don't care what cause you tell me you're rioting for. You really are rioting because you want to see the world burn. You're really rioting because you're a terrible person. Because rioting and destroying private property, rioting and destroying people's property, okay, is disgusting and vile and does nothing for a cause. There is no cause that is justified by rioting, okay? And again, even if it's against a fascist totalitarian government that's, you know, racist and destroying life and just really beating the pulp out of the people, sucking the money and the life out of them, it ultimately, it's a terrible government, right? Um, there are governments in the world that are like that today. What about North Korea? North Korea is a dictatorship, an authoritarian dictatorship. And anyone who doesn't agree with them is killed. A lot of times, many other people are starving in abject poverty. They're being manipulated and effectively indoctrinated to believe things that the, that the West is evil and all this kind of stuff. And sure, there are there is evil in the West. Absolutely. Would it be okay for the North Koreans to riot? To destroy local businesses? To destroy their the, the, the local businesses and their livelihoods? No. What would that serve? Would it hurt the dictatorship of North Korea, Kim Jong-un? Would it hurt him? Would it hurt the government in any which way, shape, or form? No. It wouldn't. All it would do is hurt the local community, which are the very people that you want to support you. So, riding is just, hands down, it's just wrong. There's no justification for it, and they, it destroys people's lives. Not to mention, it, it creates, I mean, economically, it creates a very uncertain business environment. And if you riot, many businesses will close up. Some businesses will never come back. And many businesses, it will take a long, long time for them to open back up and get back to normal because they don't know when the rioting is going to end. When business environments are uncertain, businesses close up, pull out, or they go down to a skeleton crew and they really just don't operate in the way that they used to. Not to mention the idea that many people are like leaving the, the cities too. It also causes a lot of uncertainty with regards to just everyday life and it causes a lot of people to not want to be anywhere near close to it. Guys, there is no justification for rioting. And the whole argument that you should riot, that it's okay to riot and the insurance will pay for it, that is a child's perspective. If that is you, you are a child. You are an immature person who can't see past your own nose you are ignorant. You're uneducated. This is a very ignorant thing to say. 
And you should be ashamed of yourself if you're one of those people that are saying you should be an outright shamed of yourself. Because I, I can't believe that, that, that there are people that would even say that, that it's okay to destroy somebody else's life who had nothing to do with the circumstances that you're mad at for, for what you're not caught. You're certainly not doing it because of a cause. It hurts everybody and anyone from any walks of life, minorities, majorities, you know, you know, it hurts everyone, everyone from all different cultures and ethnicities. And you want to know how I know? Because there are lots of business owners who were minorities whose whose lives have been uprooted and destroyed by these riots. So if you want to say that the riots are for some kind of cause or whatever, I mean, they're not. They're never for a cause. The, the only excuse for rioting is that they want to pillage and plunder and effectively they want to just steal stuff and, and cause destruction. They are horrible people. That's the only reason for it. Now, there are other political reasons to cause division, to cause strife, to cause fear. There are those reasons too. But the people who are engaging in them, it, it, it has more to do with them being a terrible person and just wanting to see the world burn, a world that they disagree with, right, than anything else. And even if they disagree with it, it doesn't give the justification to destroy your local community it doesn't give you the justification to destroy and hurt local everyday people. Rioting doesn't have a cause. R aside from the fact that rioting, for the sake of rioting, the sake of destruction, the sake of theft, is the only cause that it really is. Unless your goal is to destroy something because you, you hate it. You know, it's a capitalistic system and you hate capitalism. But even then, you know, okay, there, there's a reason, but that reason is something that should be shut down. That reason is not something that anyone should support. That is, I, I don't care if you disagree with capitalism, it doesn't give you the right to go off and do that. So guys, it's a stupid idea to say that insurance is going to cover it. Not all insurance plans cover rioting or damage that's caused due to rioting. And even if it does, you know, the premiums would rise on it. And not all businesses have insurance to cover their entire store to basically be rebuilt or their entire store to be repaired. I mean, that's a lot. I mean, yeah, they might have insurance covering up to a certain amount of money, but a certain amount of damages, but that's not going to cover everything. There are many businesses that are going to die because of this. Mom and pop shop owners, too. It's not just like your big corporations like Target. And yeah, Target will probably be made whole. Target probably has insurance to cover it. But the money that they spent on that, just like other another podcast episode that I did about the economics of writing, the, the, the money that they're going to have to pay in for insurance premiums to cover those things is money that they're not going to be able to reinvest in, re, redevelop, in development of their business, and which ultimately would lead to more jobs. That being said, guys, you know, that's my opinion on it. Rioting is never okay. I don't care what the cause is. Rioting is never okay. It, it, it just isn't. Rioting is a vile, disgusting thing that just like racism, where we don't want that in our culture, in our society, we don't want rioting in our culture, in our, our society either. It, because just like racism, it ruins people's lives, or at least it can. So guys, 
stand up against rioting. And if you get shouted down to, to, for being a racist or you get pointed out and they say that you are a racist and you're not supporting the cause, then their cause isn't about racism. Their cause isn't about what they say it is. They just want to shut people up who disagree with them. They just want to act in a very authoritarian manner. It's not about racism. If that's how they're acting. If they want to shut you down. If they want to shut you up. For pointing out something that is obvious to everyone. That rioting and destruction is wrong, senseless, and, and there is no excuse for it. I've even heard someone even say, and I'll say this right before we end the show, but I've even heard someone say that, oh, well, you know, we wouldn't have them if racism didn't exist. But still, in my opinion, that is a very childish way of looking at it. You can't solve racism. I'm sorry. It's an unsolvable thing. You can't get rid of it entirely. It will always exist. I'm not saying we shouldn't fight against it, but just know that it's an unwinnable war. It's a war with no winning outcome. So, now, someone who makes that statement probably doesn't believe that. They believe that rioting or, or that racism can be obliterated from the culture. They, they think it can you know, I wish I could believe that, but unless you're willing to go off and kill people who are racist, throw them in jail, even then, you still won't be able to get rid of it. Guys, there are just horrible people in this world. There are just horrible, racist, bigot, bigoted people that exist. I'm sorry, there just are. And if you want to live in a free society... If you want the freedom of speech and you have to tolerate people who are like this, you do. You have to tolerate it. If you start cracking down on it and saying that it's illegal or that we will not tolerate it, you will be thrown in jail if you were caught in it. I mean, you start doing stuff like that, you no longer live in a free society. And the power that you give to any authoritative, you know, department or figurehead to do those types of things, you are risking that power turning on you. You are risking on the voting powers that be turning that power against you. Don't give anyone that kind of power because it can always be turned against you. Don't be so naive and ultimately ignorant to believe that power doesn't shift. Be a student of history and know that power always shifts. It is a constant evolving, shifting thing. You know... Riots are never justified. Doesn't matter what the reason is. All right. Hey, I hope you guys enjoyed that ep this episode. You know, if you did, make sure to leave a like and subscribe to the channel. And ultimately, guys, you know, help me spread this message. Sh share the show. If you enjoyed it, if you're getting value out of it, help me spread this message of financial freedom and economics to the as to anyone who's willing to listen, but get out there, share it, spread it. You know, if you liked it, share it on social media, spread it, and get this message out there. Guys, it is an empowering message because ultimately your freedom is up to you. If you choose to work hard and you choose to become financially free by taking control of the source of your income and you can be successful doing that, you can become free. And like I've said in other episodes, failure is a choice.
So never give up on your pursuit of freedom, your pursuit of financial independence, you know, becoming financially free and controlling the source of your income. Never give up on that. And guys, hey, before I go, I wanted to give a shout out to a couple of my affiliate programs. You guys, Tier 1 Trading. Tier 1 Trading is an absolutely amazing trading company. They teach you the skill and the art of trading. They teach you how to come up with trading strategies. They teach you all kinds of trading uh, you know, patterns that are, that are seen in the markets. They teach you how to manage your money, how to manage your risk with money management and stop losses and a whole host of other things. Guys, tier one trading, I learned to trade through the, the coaches that are there and it is an absolute amazing place to go. So if you're interested in trading and you want to learn how to, to trade more at a more advanced level, guys, tier one trading is the way to go. They will teach you the basics. Absolutely. Okay, they will teach you the basics, but tier one trading, guys, I mean, you really need to go check them out. So go check them out. I'll post the link in the description below. Also, don't forget to check out Skillshare. Guys, Skillshare is an amazing, amazing, amazing place, and it's dirt cheap to learn any new skill. Guys, I have been learning a lot. I'm like researching as much as I possibly can on YouTube advertisements and what are the best ways to set your YouTube advertisements up, how to target people that you want to target, and how to get your message out there. Guys, this is something I'm learning to do. I'm going to be doing it very shortly with regards to my Matthew Spazzitti YouTube channel, where I do a lot of my trading or and stuff like that. And then eventually, once I get all the podcast episodes on my podcast YouTube channel, which unfortunately I it takes me a long time to do uh, for various reasons and technical difficulties, but for the most part, uh, I will eventually start doing YouTube ads for that too. But you know, for right now, it's just one of those things, guys, where YouTube ads are, are awesome and amazing. I've been learning a ton about YouTube ads on Skillshare, but guys, there's more than just YouTube ad training on Skillshare. There's a ton ton of stuff on Skillshare. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff from website design to email copywriting. There's all kinds of, these are just some of the things that I've done. I know there's training on how to fly drones. I know there's copywriting training in general, and there is tons of things on Skillshare. And there's a lot of really, really great courses out there. And guys, it's dirt cheap. I know I went to their website the other day. They were giving a one month free if you go to the website right now, uh, click on the link in the description below. Consider supporting the affiliate programs that I have going on here. And guys, hey, if you will do all that for me, I'll see you guys in the next episode. As always, know the risks, plan accordingly. And